0: Good morning, Abundant Life. It is wonderful to be with you. I want to say welcome to our Vancouver campus, our Sandy campus, all those in our online campus. My name is Mike, and it is an absolute joy and honor to be with you. We are actually in the middle of a series this summer. It's called Being and Bearing. And the idea is we want to be certain things that God wants us to be in order to bear these character qualities out in a watching world. And so what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to allow God to produce some things within us so that we can show what he's produced to a world that is desperate for it. And the more we've gotten into this series the more I have thought that these are not just difficult to accomplish on our own strength they're actually impossible to accomplish on our own strength we need God to produce these things within us in fact that's what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 23 the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And friends, the good news, the good news around abundant life is this, that I have seen these qualities in our staff. I have experienced these qualities within our eldership. The more I have met those of you in our church family, the more I have seen these again and again and again, which means only this, that God is already at work in our midst. He is already producing this kind of fruit within our church family. But friends, there's always more to go after. So let's just jump into it. Today, we're talking about kindness. And as we talk about any of these qualities, we always want to start with God. So here's the truth that God himself begins with kindness. And there are many different ways that he displays his kindness toward us. The first I want to talk about is his kindness through creation. God gives his kindness to us through his creation. I want you to think about wind and waves and white sand. I might be talking about my own personal heaven here. You know, recently I climbed to the top of this ridge in Montana and I watched the sun rise over an eastern ridge and illuminated Trapper's Peak and the Bitterroot Mountains and my heart was singing, the hills are alive. This was his kindness on full display. Or I was able to take my family out to San Juan Island and we were paddle boarding off of Friday Harbor and Harbor seals were swimming with us and under our boards. And I was just thinking, this is God's kindness or forests and orchards, fertile valleys, amber waves of grain, purple mountains, majesties above the fruited plains. Come on, somebody. We're talking about God's kindness. You see, his kindness is on display in this lavish, over-the-top way. He paints gorgeous masterpieces of sunsets, and and then he just kind of clears the canvas 15 minutes later, only to do it again the next evening, all for our visual enjoyment. I was driving through Damascus not long ago, coming up over a hill, and I saw lonely Mount Hood framed perfectly in my windshield, resplendent in glory ahead of me. That's his kindness. You see, all these things and creations are a gift to us from a kind and good God. In fact, There's this interesting argument that intelligent design scholars use, and the argument is that creation which is filled with beauty is evidence of a designer who chose to include it. In other words, the theory of evolution is really such a utilitarian kind of a prospect. But when you see dancing birds of paradise with intensely colorful plumage that have nothing to do with the typical displays of strength or virility that say rhinos display when they charge hard and butt one another in the head, right? That is evidence that there was an intelligent designer who chose to include Beauty, the kindness and the abundance and the beauty of nature on display all around us, that's a part of how God gets our attention. And the next way we see kindness is kindness through family. God shows us his kindness through family. And I know this isn't always the case, but I truly pray this was your experience as you were brought into the world, as you traveled through your formative years, that you experienced God's kindness through family members, the way that they loved and cared for and nurtured you. It's simply a reflection of how God wants to love and care and nurture you. I can remember my grandma, this incredible woman, and she was really the the fullest picture of unconditional love that I have ever experienced in my life. And when she would tuck me in bed at night, we'd be visiting, and, and she would kind of rub my scalp, and she'd kind of scratch my, my head as, as I was going to sleep, and she'd sing these little sweet songs of uh, lullabies and, and little ditties from you know the 1920s. And, and it was just such a beautiful experience. She was such a wonderful woman, and, and God's kindness was on display through her. And then as a father, I have tried to model that kind of kindness with my own kiddos. And, and I would snuggle with them in front of Disney movies. I, I would coach their soccer teams. I, I would read to them all the time. You know, I always wanted my first response towards my children to be that of delight. And I remember, you know, I always do my soul care early in the morning. And I remember one time when my son Caleb was only three years old. And I was down in my office and it's kind of a carpeted area. So I was, I was laying on my stomach. I had my journal out. My Bible was there, my cup of coffee. I was just spending time with the Lord. And I hear the little padding of pajama feet come down the hallway. And I was really quiet. I didn't say anything. And my son Caleb comes into the room and he sees me lying on, on the carpet and he then proceeds to lay down on my back. So he's laying on his back. I'm I'm there, and and his feet stretch down to where my waist is, and he lays his head on the back of my head like a pillow, and he's just laying there on top of me as I'm there on the ground, and, and I'm just quiet, and my heart is just filled with bursting. I just have so much joy. And I remember thanking Jesus. Jesus, thank you for this kindness. Thank you for this closeness I feel. Thank you that I get to be dad to this little chop. And, and then it's just quiet. And out of the quiet, he says, dad, can I ask you a question? And I said, oh, sure, bud, anything. And he says, uh, he says, dad, did you know lizards can lick their eyeballs? I said, you you know, but I I really, I really didn't. (laughs) So I learned something that day as well. But the point is, is that God shows his kindness through moments like that. And in my life, 10,000 more moments like that, that his kindness is on display through creation. His kindness is on display through family. His kindness is also on display through blessing or through enjoyment. You see, if you've ever had a delicious meal, if you've ever enjoyed an evening with laughter with your friends, if you have snuggled with your spouse, this, maybe it's just you simply feel good inside your own skin. This is why I love summer season so much is because you jump into an icy river and then you get out and you let the sun dry your skin as you're sitting on the rocks and you just feel so good to be alive. That's God's kindness toward you. Now in all these things, we've been talking about a theological concept and the concept is called common grace. It's so beautiful. It doesn't mean universalism that everyone gets into heaven no matter what they believe or how horribly they behave. It simply means that God's love God's goodness, God's kindness, his richness, his gifts are poured out over the whole earth for all people everywhere. And it's his kindness that brings us to a knowledge of his grace. It's his kindness that woos us, that changes us. You see, this is all part of God's plan. And there is a plan. And that's the next truth that kindness has a purpose his kindness actually has a purpose, and the purpose of His kindness is to lead us to repentance. See, the scripture says it this way in Romans 2:4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So what that means is that there's a transformative quality to it. His kindness changes us. It has that kind of power. And there's this example of it, and it's from a book and a movie and a musical called Les Miserables. And the context of the story is the main character, Jean Valjean, he's a hardened criminal and he's bitter and he's angry because he spent 19 years in jail for stealing a loaf of bread. Now he's been released, but he's impoverished, he's traveling from town to town, he's he's been beaten, he's been harassed by by the local authorities, And, and a kind priest takes him in and serves him a delicious meal, offers him a place to sleep, and that's where we find this scene unfolding. It's a scene in which God has an appointment with Valjean. Go ahead and watch this.
1: Is anybody there? Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you.
0: And from there, you see that Valjean is undone. He can no longer be that bitter, hardened man because that priest's over-the-top kindness has undone him. And so he takes that silver and he is able to start a new life with it. And friends, that's what God's kindness does for us. It is so beautiful. It is so over the top. It is so pervasive that it leads us to a knowledge of his relentless love and his limitless grace. And that's what makes it possible for each and every one of us to start a new life. Romans eleven six 6 says, since it is through God's kindness, it's not of their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. Isn't it great? Isn't that amazing? It's all due to his kindness, not by our works. It's free and it's undeserved. So that brings us to the next truth, which is that our kindness, that we show one another, reflects God's character. When you are kind to anyone else, it reflects the character of God and his kindness toward you. Psalm 145, 17 says, the Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. And so the kind things that we do to one another, they simply reflect who God is. And you know, David models this. You might remember David had a best friend named Jonathan and Jonathan was King Saul's son. And on the same day in battle, both King Saul and Jonathan are killed. And so then after that, David becomes king. And a little while later, David is making all things right in his kingdom, and he asked this question. He says, or one day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? You see, because David loves Jonathan, he wants to make sure that if there's anyone left in his family, David wants to show kindness to that person. And there is somebody left. It's Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. You might want to say that fast five times. Mephibosheth. His name is Mephibosheth. Anyway, it's a great story because Mephibosheth can't walk. And so David, he invites him to eat from his table and he he brings him in and cares for him, provides for him and restores his fortunes. Well, friends, that's God's character. See, God wants us to be kind like that, not for Jonathan's sake, but rather for God's sake. Not because we love a friend like David loved Jonathan, but because we love God more than anything else. And that's why in Ephesians 4.32, the apostle Paul says, instead be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You can see from this verse that it's all linked to God. God's been kind to us. He's been tenderhearted to us. He's been forgiving of us. And so because all of those things come from him, we offer them to one another, which means our kindness is a state of being and a constant practice. It's the posture of our heart and it's our default practice. The scripture says in Proverbs 3, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. You know, friends, what I've done is I've, I've developed this plan where I I identify my own values. And then I live according to a series of practices. And I've taken those practices and put them on a plaque. And I keep those in my home office. And those are the practices that I live in every single day. Every day I start with soul care. Every day I'm active. You can see that list. And kindness is on that list. Every day I demand kindness from myself. I love how kindness makes me feel. I love how kindness makes other people feel. And here's the great thing about kindness. In almost every situation, kindness requires no additional time. It takes just as much time to be rude as it does to be kind. A couple of weeks ago, my son, Doozy, he's 16 years old. He just started a new job. And he's working for a friend of mine who runs a catering company. And so because I knew that Doozy wasn't going to get a, a whole lot of training, I just decided, you know, I'll show up on Doozy's first day and I'll work alongside Doozy. So, so on that day, a few weeks ago, we, we helped cater a, a wedding reception. And so we show up, we're wearing all black, just like all the other caterers. And we're doing everything, you know, setting up the, the reception and, and pouring the water glasses and serving the food and then clearing the plates. Like, you, you know what those things are like. And here's what I've noticed. It was interesting because we were the servants. I was dressed as the caterer. Now, in 30 years of ministry, people treat me pretty kind most of the time. But when you show up looking like a servant, sometimes people treat you kind and offer you some just general human dignity. But there are other people who look at you dressed as a servant and they treat you like a servant, unkind without human dignity, and it simply reinforced my commitment that I want to be kind to each and every person that God brings in my path, especially kind and offering dignity to those who are serving me. So that's just what I want to bring as a challenge, Abundant Life, is that you would be kind, that you would choose to practice kindness There used to be this saying in the world, it was practice random acts of kindness and senseless acts of beauty. And I was going to bring that challenge. You should practice random acts of kindness. In fact, why don't you ask God to point you to random acts of kindness that you can do this week? But then I thought about it and I thought that if you're thinking about random acts of kindness and you're asking God to show you random acts of kindness and then he points you to an act of kindness that you're going to go ahead and do, that, then suddenly it's 0% random. Like it's incredibly purposeful. And so forget all that. Just be kind. right? Just do it. Just be kind. That's the challenge I bring. But it brings us to the last question, which is how does this quality get produced in my life? Or really, how do any of these qualities get produced in my life? And the answer is really simple. It's by my cooperation with the Holy Spirit. The fruit of kindness is produced by my cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And so I invite him to work. And then I let him work within me. And then I embrace the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in my life to develop this fruit of kindness. And this really is the mark of spiritual vitality. It's what trajectory are we on? Are we, as we age and go on this journey with Jesus, are we becoming more and more like him, more kind, more generous, more gracious, more loving or are we just getting older and meaner, right? Like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, get off my lawn, kind of a thing. So that's the mark of spiritual vitality. And the question is, what can we put effort toward? How do you make fruit? You know, when a, a tree is trying to produce fruit, what does it do? Does it just strain really hard, like, uh, bloop, you know, and the, the, the fruit just kind of pops out? no. How you produce fruit is you actually tend to the health of the tree, because when the tree is healthy, the fruit is bountiful. And so what does that mean? That means you actually, instead of paying attention to the fruit, you pay attention to the root. You pay attention to the soil, to the nutrition. You pay attention to the amount of water coming in. And it's no different for us spiritually. In fact, Jesus says this. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So friends, the question is, is time and connection with Jesus the priority of your day? Are you taking time all through the course of your day to connect and reconnect with the person of Christ? Because as we remain in him, some of your translations say abide. As we abide in him, our roots go down deep in him, and the fruit of his character is born into our lives. But this comes from us intentionally leaning in, intentionally remaining in him, so that he might produce more fruit of his spirit within us. So abide and remain. My friend, Pastor Ken Baugh, says it this way, to abide with Jesus is to allow him to make all sorts of micro adjustments in your life. You know, in the Psalms, King David says this to the Lord. He says, keep me as the apple of your eye. And I love that prayer because it is so evidently connected in love. David knows he's beloved he knows that he loves God and that God loves him. And so he just says confidently, Keep me as the apple of your eye. And in English, we know what that means. It, it, in English, it means something like, He's my especial delight. This person brings me an incredible amount of joy. They're my beloved, they bring light to my life, right? It's a a twinkle in your eye, the apple of your eye kind of a thing. And in Hebrew, all that is the same as well. But there's an additional definition in Hebrew that's really interesting to me. It's a more literal definition, little man. David says to the Lord, keep me as the little man of your eye. And I thought a whole lot about it. Like, what does that mean? But really, it's interesting. If Pastor Dave was standing right here and the light was coming in just so, and I looked really intently into David's eye, what would I see? I'd obviously see his pupil. I'd see his eyeball. But if I looked really intently at the surface of his eye, I would see a reflection. I'd see my reflection. And because of the convex of his eye, the amount of my reflection I'd see is the whole thing. I'd actually see from my head all the way down to my feet. I'd look in his eye and I'd see myself as the little man. And so what David is saying is, Lord, keep me that close. Keep me that intentional with you. Let me draw so near to you that I am the little man in your eye. And friends, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me that we would intentionally draw so close to the Lord. We would intentionally come so, just, just intimacy with him, submission to him. The idea is I want to remain. I want to abide. I want to be that close so that I am the little man in his eye. And I challenge you, why don't you do the same? Let's draw near to him together. Let's abide in him so that he can produce his fruit, the fruit of his character in our lives. This is how we experience kindness. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray together. Jesus, we wanna just acknowledge that you are the one who has poured your kindness out all over this world, all over this country, all over our families, all over our lives. And we just want to say thank you. It's your kindness that is transformative. It's your kindness that gets our attention. It's your kindness that, that woos us and draws us and allows us to be changed forever. Because it's by your kindness that we are introduced to your love, that we experience your grace. And so we are infinitely thankful for it. And now, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would do your work within each of us. Holy Spirit, come and produce your fruit inside of our lives. We want to be kind, and we want to bear kindness into this world. And we know we cannot do it on our own strength. We need you. So Holy Spirit, come. We submit to you. We ask that you would do your work, and we embrace your work in our lives because we want your character to not only be within us, but to be evident to all those in a watching world. We love you and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.